Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back to another Buckeye Talk. Doug Lane-Marie, Bill Landis. We're going to do basketball on this one. We already did our football one for this week. We did over-unders. You can find that on cleveland.com. Uh, we got into a lot of different aspects about the football team. You can find that on iTunes. But this Buckeye Talk is going to focus on the basketball team and specifically basketball recruiting um, because they just lost a big one for 2019 if... They actually lost him, Bill Landis, and that is what I want to get to first. Explain to the people who are not 100% caught up what has gone down. Okay, so Jeremiah Francis, who is a 2019 point guard from Ohio, and I'm gonna, I always get Pickerington North and Pickerington Central mixed up, and I don't want Disrespect. to insult anyone. I have Pickerington Central written down, which probably means it's wrong. Anyway, he's a, he's a point guard in 2019. Four-star prospect from Central Ohio, whose father played at Ohio State and has, for a long time, been Ohio State's top recruiting target in 2019. That includes this current staff with Chris Holtman and the previous staff with Thad Mata. Both those guys obviously won a player of that caliber, who's a borderline top 60 player in the country um, in their own backyard and is a point guard. He committed to North Carolina uh, not that long after getting an offer from North Carolina, I think it might maybe a little over a week, maybe two weeks after getting the offer from North Carolina, he committed to the Tar Heels last week. Um, so that is another instance of an Ohio prospect and a really good one going to uh, an out-of-state program, out Ohio State, and it's a blow for. I mean, it's no matter how you view it, and we can get into this more. It's North Carolina. If you're expecting Ohio State to win head-to-head recruiting battles against North Carolina and Duke and Kentucky and Kansas, um, don't hold your breath because it's usually not going to happen. But that doesn't mean it's not a blow to Chris Holman. Um, he was hired because Ohio State, in part, in large part, I think, he was hired because Ohio State was not recruiting Ohio well enough. That's what Gene said, baby. That's what Gene Smith said at the press conference. <coughs> and I don't doubt Chris Holman's ability to recruit Ohio, and I think really – Knocking him for anything that happened in 2018 would be a little too tough because he just got a late start um, with a lot of those players. Even though he recruited some of them at Butler, it was just the, the timing didn't add up really for them to get any of the top players in 18. If they would have done it, it would have just been a bonus. I think 2019 is a class that matters most, and Jeremiah Francis doesn't matter which recruiting service you look at. You can spin that he's the best player in Ohio, and. Unless he flips his commitment for North Carolina, which I guess is still on the table. I wouldn't hold my breath waiting for that either. You don't have him now. 
So there was an, it was imperative that you recruit Ohio well in 2019, and now the best player in the state has decided he's going elsewhere. I'm going to put words in people's mouths because I'm a professional writer, and that's what I do. If Gene Smith had been allowed to speak about specific recruits and had tried to boil down the dismissal of Thad Mata, which he said at the news conference was about recruiting, was about Ohio recruiting, and was about Ohio having strong 2018 and 2019 classes, right? Mm -hmm. If you had said, Gene, the NCAA, let's pretend the NCAA doesn't have any rules about this. What recruit are you talking about for why you are firing today the most successful coach in program history and hiring somebody else? We don't know who it's going to be, but it's someone that you believe will have a better chance to recruit the best talent in Ohio in the next two classes. Who do you mean? Who would he have said? Jeremiah Bartholomew <laughs> Francis. Yeah, he, he's number one on the list, for sure. And here's the other thing. And I know that I can sound and write like an Fadmata apologist sometimes. I know what I am. I'm going to make this point. Thadmata lost Luke Kennard as a big-time prospect to Duke. Thadmata lost Carlton Bragg as a big-time prospect to Kansas. You cannot go around and bang your head against the wall because you get out-recruited, as you said, by Duke and Kansas and North Carolina and Kentucky. That's probably the only group, by the way. I mean, like anybody else, you can bang your head. But like yeah. the elite of the elite of the elite who have great traditions, great facilities, and great current programs who are national championship contenders every year. I get it. Luke Kennard was from Cincinnati. Carlton Bragg was from Cleveland. Jeremiah Francis is from Columbus, and his dad played at Ohio State. If there is anybody that you are going to say, I don't care that it's North Carolina. You need to get this kid. That kid is Jeremiah Francis. This is not Luke Kennard 2.0. This is its own separate thing. And who was the kid who just went to Indiana in the 18 class? Uh, Jerome Hunter. And didn't his dad play college basketball? I don't know the answer to that question. Well, who's the other? Here, there's another guy. Wait, now no, I thought I was being smart. Pete Nance? Is that what you're talking about? There's a second guy that they did not get whose dad played for Ohio State. But, like, they did get Jay Sean Tate, whose dad played for Ohio State. Anyway, I'm trying to make a point that... We're going to edit that part out. I think I whiffed on that part. Here's the point that is a correct point. Sometimes I didn't give Thad Mata credit for getting Jared Sullinger as a top 10 player in the country, top 5 player in the country, in his own backyard because his brother played for Thad Mata and his brother went to Ohio State. Everybody wanted Jared Sullinger. Ohio State got him. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, I get it. He's right down the road. Of course you got him. That's what Jeremiah Francis is. He's a legacy who's right down the road. He, to me, it's okay to consider him, and of course you got him. And they didn't get him. So I'm not blaming Chris Holtman and the staff for losing out on him a couple months after getting the job. I am saying that, to me, there's no excuse for Ohio State, the program, to not get this kid. And I think the timing of the firing, the way it went... If this is one of the reasons you did it, at the moment, didn't work, brother. Didn't work. Yeah. 
I mean, now you'd be the non-apologist. Well, I'm just saying, like, the counter-argument to that is, like, Thad Mata wouldn't have beat him out either. But let me ask, but let me ask you, he wouldn't have? If Ohio no. State was stable and trying to pitch that, like, we were, we screwed it up, we're refocusing on Ohio, we know we were just bad, we know we just lost to Rutgers, but, you know, we're trying to get it back together here, we have Aaron's, we have Dane Goodwin, we have some good Ohio players coming. There's good talent in Ohio. Jeremiah, we are rebuilding the future of Ohio State basketball, the program that your father was part of. We've been, I don't know the specifics of this. I'm assuming Thad Mott and that staff had been recruiting Jeremiah Francis since he was a toddler. Mm-hmm. They've been on him. You don't think they could have gotten him? I'm not saying 100%, but would Thad Mata and that staff have had a better chance than Chris Holtman and the new staff? No, I don't think so. I, I think... Jeremiah Francis talked a lot last year. It was like it was it was like he was refreshing almost, and sort of how candid he was about the program not being good enough, and wanting to be the guy um, who came to Ohio State and took it back to what it was where Thad Mata had it was a five years ago, um, the lead guard on a team competing for Big Ten championships in an arena that holds nineteen thousand people who are actually interested in the basketball program. He wanted to be that guy. And that didn't change when Chris Holtman came. What changed is North Carolina came. So I don't think, I mean, unless Roy Williams was coaching Ohio State, maybe that's the guy who would have got him here. But I think he just got that North Carolina offer, the opportunity to play for Roy Williams in his multiple national championships, and for all the crap that's going on at Carolina, and there's certainly an uncertain future there in terms of NCAA stuff. It was too much. I mean, and in and, and my mind, it's perfectly understandable that it was too much. Put yourself in the shoes of Jeremiah Francis, who is, who's been an excellent basketball player his entire life. Um, and a lot of people said, oh, you're going to go to Ohio State, you're going to be the savior of the program, and he was embracing that thing. And then all of a sudden you get a North Carolina offer that is just another level of validation in your basketball skill. Like that is, an, it's, it's like a kid getting an Ohio State football offer. It is the elite of the elite, and you can be a really good player, but not good enough to get that offer. He got that offer, and he wants to go play in the ACC. He wants to go play for Carolina. He wants to go compete for national championships, and I don't think Thad Mata, even if he had a longer relationship with him than Chris Holtman had, I don't think there's anything Thad Mata could have done about that. All right, so take Thad Mata and Chris Holtman and the timing of the coaching change and all that out of it. Do you believe that, in general, it is okay for Ohio State to lose a top 50 kid whose dad played at Ohio State who grew up down the street from campus, it's okay to lose that recruit to anybody. Okay? No. Should fans be mad? Yes. Okay. Yeah, fans should be mad. So how'd they screw this up? By being bad? Just by being bad? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Partly a, a victim of timing, I suppose. Um, I don't know. Is it possible to, to be mad as a fan, but... Also have like no one screw like no one's really at fault other than North Carolina being one of the best programs ever. Are you asking if it's possible as a fan to be angry and not assign blame? Yes. Do you understand what fans are? No, I know. <laughs> no, and I I mean it's a tough it's a tough thing to 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 I think nail down because you have to you have to toe the line I think of what is fair criticism of Ohio State's recruiting and what is just being a realist. And understanding that eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten, they're not going to beat these programs for anyone. I don't care who they are. So I'm okay. I get it if if Ohio State basketball can't put a fence around the whole state the way that Ohio State football can. Put a fence around the city. Put a fence around yeah. like 
around like the neighborhood. I mean, like this is. I, I don't know. I get it. It's a little. It's a little different because he's so close, and his dad played here, right? and that maybe that's what ultimately tips it the other way, and then leaves Chris Holbert open for criticism. Um, it's just I don't know. He's he's been on the job for two months. He got hired in June. It's August. Okay, so let's lead to that. Let's let's move away from the blame game that I know you love to play, Landis. Yeah, <laughs> and let's move on to the Jerome Baker factor. We, in a video recently, oh, yeah. talked about the Jerome Baker factor. You talked about how you key the entire linebacking crew for Ohio State off of Jerome Baker. Jerome Baker is an Ohio State football player who was once committed to the University of Florida. He had a news conference to announce. Did you go to that one? Yeah, it wasn't a news conference. Uh, he, he sat at a table on the field at Benedictine High School, and there were media members assembled, but we could not ask him any questions. Because he was an Ohio kid announcing that he's going to Florida. Yes. So he announced that he was going to Florida, and everybody wanted Jerome Baker, right? Jerome Baker had mm-hmm. all kinds of great offers. Jerome Baker was a great high school player. He committed to Florida, and as they tell the story now, he committed to Florida, and Luke Fickle recruited him every day. From the minute he committed to Florida, he recruited him every day before he committed to Florida, and he committed to Florida, and Luke Fickle did not change anything that he did. He kept recruiting him every single day. And Florida in football is not North Carolina in basketball. I understand that. But in the end, and I don't know that anybody was surprised by this, especially anybody who was at that news conference, right? It was just kind of a weird vibe of like this kid felt like he was maybe doing something. He didn't even necessarily 100% wasn't sure that he wanted to do. Yeah. But you keep recruiting. They have 15 months till this guy can sign anything in the fall of 2018. He's only going into his junior year of high school. Is it reasonable to expect that, A, Chris Holtman and his staff should and will continue to recruit Jeremiah Francis every single day for the next 15 months? And is it reasonable to expect, or hope at least, that it could work? Yes to the first one. They're going to for sure recruit him. Unless he just slams the door, which kids do sometimes. You know, They commit, and then that's the end of it. They don't talk to anybody. Um, I think Jeremiah Francis has enough respect and connection to Ohio State that he will leave the door cracked open a little bit to the Buckeyes. Um, I, I don't know how much hope you should have. I, I, You wrote the story, and then I retweeted it and said basically that they're not going to stop recruiting him. He's the top target in 19 and has been for a while. And I got some reaction from Carolina fans that said, well, kids don't flip out of North Carolina's class, which I get. That's true. It's like kids don't flip out of the Ohio State football recruiting class unless there's extenuating circumstances. Um, but if everything's normal and there's no sanctions or anything and he doesn't get recruited over or whatever, like a straight flip I don't think would happen. Um, but I think because, because of who he is, because of those connections, maybe you would have a little more hope than you would have with another prospect. And, and I think this about it too. Uh, Jeremiah Francis doesn't have to be sold on Ohio State. He knows enough about the program what the university can do for him, the people that are around the program. He grew up around it. I think he needs to be sold on Chris Holtman, the coach. Because the vibe that I got from his commitment to Carolina, it was it was not all Roy Williams, but it was a lot of Roy Williams. I think he was just very into the idea of playing for a coach like that. And I think Chris Holtman's a good coach. Uh, and we'll learn a lot about how good of a coach he is this season because the roster is a little bit depleted and there's a lot of, a lot of player development that has to happen. 
if Chris Holman somehow gets this thing to a place where Ohio State is like flirting with the NCAA tournament and is not in the cellar of the Big Ten and you can truly sense that things are trending in the right direction with the program and he's the right man to lead it, um, maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough for Jeremiah Francis to be sold on the coach because he's already sold on the university. That's a, that's a fact. The 2017-18 season for this basketball team is now win for Francis. You know yeah. how like everybody wants to tank? It's like suck for Sam Darnold or yeah. whatever. This is win for Jeremiah because you can't tank your way. You don't get to draft him. Right. You've got to persuade him. You've got to show him that this is not a hopeless mishmash of losing. That this is on the way back up and Jeremiah you can be right at the center of it. And now we flash to the montage, and I don't know how this would fit under NCAA recruiting rules, to Jeremiah Francis playing dodgeball at recess. <laughs> and he looks up, and the guy who just hit him with the ball is Chris Holtman. And then he goes and gets an ice cream cone, and he reaches to get the cone, and the guy serving him the cone is Chris Holtman. And then he goes to get gas, and the guy squeegeeing his windshield is Chris Holtman. That's how important this kid is. I don't. This is one of those, and you hear stories like this all the time, and, and you hear about it of coaches getting on airplanes to do it. But within the rules, when times are open, the kind of thing of like, oh, it's okay to make on-campus visits, but you can't talk to the recruit. So when he gets off the bus to walk into school, you're leaning against the wall, and you got up at 6 a.m. to go to his high school so that he could see you leaning against the wall when he walked into school. And you're not even allowed to say the hello to him. That's what this is now. And I'm not saying – I mean, like, these guys can recruit. They showed that at Butler. They beat Ohio State for Kyle Young. They've shown that they can recruit. But this is all hands on deck, and this is, I think, the first and most important test of Chris Holtman and the staff. And when we went to that thing the other night, a couple weeks ago, where Chris Holtman talked to season ticket holders – me, Thad Mata, apologist, the thing that stood out to me was when Chris Holtman introduced his assistant coaches, the energy of that staff, I said, that's different. Mm-hmm. That is what Thad Mata could have used. I think Thad Mata, as his health was an issue, as he got a little older, I think if he would have been allowed to be a CEO of the program and have an absolutely young, dynamic – he doesn't have to be young. These guys aren't all kids. Terry Johnson's not a kid. They have families. They're grown men. But an energetic, vivacious, smiling, attacking, get-after-it staff. I said before I thought there was a time when they needed to shake up the staff. It ended up they, shake, they shook it up because Jeff Bowles took a job as a head coach at Stony Brook and, uh, and Chris Gent came back. Thad Mata too often hired his friends, didn't get new energy in there. I feel like Thad Mata with those assistants – that could have turned this program around. So those assistants, I don't know what, the, you know, that this is it. It'll be Ryan Peden. Get Jeremiah. Ryan Peden will be the, he was the guy who recruited Jeremiah before he committed. He'll be the guy, that, he'll be the lead assistant after whatever, whatever happens from here on out. But it will be, it will be an all hands on deck kind of deal. All three assistants will be involved. Chris Holman will be involved. The thing that will be interesting is, and all their attention at the moment seems to be focused on 2018 because they have a large class they, they need to fill and signing day for 18. Early signing day for 18 is closer than you think. And they only have one commitment at the moment. They're going to recruit Francis and had been. He was he was the one they were recruiting the hardest, I think, in 19. At a certain point, you have to like make it this. Like you, you can't be – I don't think you can be full bore on one guy who's already committed elsewhere if that means you're sacrificing – 
other guy. Like you need to bring in a guard in that class. And if you're gonna if you're gonna go all hands on deck on Jeremiah Francis for 15 months, and that means you're not going to visit whoever some kid in Indiana in 2019 who's a pretty good guard himself, and you need to have him in. Like, there is a balance there they need to strike. And maybe it won't be a 15 month pursuit. Maybe if they're five months into it and and feel like it's just not going places, they'll back off a little bit, and you'll be able to tell. Um, by who's getting offers, who's who's getting visits, and who's coming to Columbus for games and stuff like that. But from now until they get that vibe, it's it, Jeremiah Francis is still the main focus in nineteen. They don't only have to recruit in Ohio, as much as I'm making it sound like that. I understand they're allowed to recruit players from the other forty nine states, maybe even players in other countries. I'm not sure about are. the rules. They are for eighteen. Can they in nineteen? Am I talking too much about – how much do we need to talk about 18 still? Do you want to talk about 18 first? Yeah. I mean, they kind of – yeah, we can. We can talk about 18 first. All right. Reset 18 because don't they have some guys coming in? Yeah. So 18, they have a commitment from Torrance Watson, who is kind of a combo guard, more of a shooting guard um, from St. Louis, who's a borderline four-star kind of kid. Um, so he's Chris Holtman. I guess technically his first commitment – is he a Butler remnant? Was he, had he yes. been being recruited by them at Butler? Yes, and most of these guys in 18 are. There's some new guys that are in on that that at least didn't have Butler offers, but maybe they talked to them while they were at Butler. Um, but Watson is in, and they're in a position where they're probably going to take five guys. They're taking at least four. And of those four, at least two are going to be guards. I bet if they take five, they're going to have three guards. So I'll, I'll just predict. I'll say they take three guards, a wing, and a big. In the 2018 class. So they have four spots left to fill. And early signing day is in November. And all of the talent in Ohio. For the most part. The top end talent. Jerome Hunter is uh, committed to Indiana. Dane Goodwin is committed to Notre Dame. Um, Darius Baisley is committed to Syracuse. And Pete Nance is committed to Northwestern. Those are four of the top five players in the state. The other one who's not committed is Dwayne Cohill who's a guard from Holy Name uh, up in Parma, Northeast Ohio. And then the number six guy in the state is Justin Ahrens, who is a forward from Versailles. Is that how people in Ohio say it? I think that's right. Versailles. Um, some might call it Versailles. Um, who had been committed to Thad Mata. Who had been committed to Thad Mata and decommitted right after Thad got fired. Um, but is certainly still in play for Ohio State. And if there was any confusion about whether or not Ohio State wants him, I think it's clear now that they do. This new staff wants Justin Ahrens. Um so Justin Aarons and Dwayne Cohill are both coming to Ohio State on the same day for an official visit. I believe it is September 23rd. I might have that date wrong, but they're coming in September. Um, Elijah Gardner, who is a four, or excuse me, Elijah Weaver, who is a four-star guard uh, from Florida, who is a borderline five-star prospect, is coming for an official visit the weekend of the Oklahoma game. Um, he's announced that as well. And there are other guys who are at the top of their list in, in terms of the wish list for 18, Luther Muhammad a four-star guard from New Jersey is in that mix as well. Um, Darius Days is a power forward from Florida um, who were there in the mix for Rob Finnessy, who is a point guard from Indiana. Um, so there are a lot of offers out there. I think you can probably whittle it down to maybe eight to ten guys for those four spots. Um, but only two of them are from Ohio for eight, for 18 because that's all that's left. It's Cohill and Justin Aarons. And then you start dipping in the Indiana. They're in Florida a lot. They offer some kids in California. Um, this is a staff that is not a, afraid to recruit nationally and, frankly, wants to recruit nationally. That was part of the draw with coming to Ohio State is that when you're a butler, you're sort of hemmed in. You recruit Indiana and you recruit a little bit in the Midwest and Ohio and stuff like that. They came to Ohio State because they they'll, they said the talent Ohio is good, and that's true. They came to Ohio State because it gives them a larger reach, and they want to recruit nationally through this program. Also the money. 
Also, they all got raises. <laughs> um, okay, are you? What is your confidence level that they will fill their 2018 class with good players? Players they want that they, if they have four spots and they're looking at these eight or ten guys, that they will fill those four spots with that top list of eight or ten. Um, pretty confident. I, I think it's still like good player, good players on paper and players they want. I think will be two different things. And you asked Chris Holtman this question: Can you recruit the same kind of guy you recruited at Butler and still be good at Ohio State? And he kind of danced around it a little bit. He didn't. He, didn't, he said yes, but I don't know. Did you totally believe well, him? Well, it's one of those where it's like: It's are you gonna? Do you want to insult Butler in the answer, or do you yeah. want to insult the Ohio State fans? Um, he sort of said, "Yeah, but not quite," which I think is the right answer. Yeah. That again, and. I think I made this point on the radio the other day. Did I make it to you? Sometimes I forget when I'm talking on the radio and when I'm talking to you in a parking lot. <laughs> it's all the same in my head. Here's the thing. We all got wrapped up in the basketball tournament, $2 million thing. Um, that Ohio State team that was the number one seed in the 2011 tournament, lost in the Sweet 16, should have been... Uh, a Final Four team at the very least, and they all returned. The, the best six players from that team returned and played in the basketball tournament because they weren't in the NBA. That team was a Butler team with Jared Sullinger. John Diebler is a Butler player. David Lighty is a Butler player. Aaron Kraft is a Butler player. William Buford is a Butler player. Those are all good, solid, smart, efficient basketball players. They are not crazy, maniac, five-star, sure-thing NBA stars. Thad Mata did not have to beat North Carolina and Duke and Kentucky to get John Diebler and to get Aaron Kraft and David Letty and William Buford. So if the point is, I was sort of, my contention is no, you, you better not think that you can recruit like Butler and win at Ohio State. But the team that everybody wants, the team that every fan, Ohio State fan, would take again is a Butler team with one five-star local kid who stayed home instead of going to North Carolina or Duke or Kentucky. And that was a magic formula to create the best team in the country. So that is there. Like everybody, if you want to get, you know, Thad Mata in the end was not really Odin and Conley. That was a one-time thing. That 2011 team is a better representation of the best of Thad Mata. That was, A, an Ohio-heavy team. In fact, it was an all-Ohio team. Top six guys, all from Ohio. All-Ohio, a Butler-like team, one star. So if that's your form, but now, that team would not have been what it was unless it had Jared Sollinger. So you've got to find a kid, and that's why Jeremiah Francis is so important. Because you can fill in around him for the next recruiting class or two with a lot of good, solid Ohio and Midwest players. But you need somebody to be the leader and the dynamic force and the star and the guy who can put up points against everyone. And I think Jeremiah Francis, obviously, is a different position and different player than Jared Sellinger. But it seems like he's that type of talent. So if you're going to tell me that you didn't get Jeremiah Francis... I'm all in with getting a lot of Butler-type players to fill out the rest of the roster. You've got to get a superstar somewhere, and if you just missed out on the one in your backyard, I don't know where you're going to get one. I think getting a superstar in 19 is still on the table. 
I don't know who it's going to be. It's still early for that stuff. They're off. They've offered some guys. There are some guys in state in 19, Jordan Mitchell, who is a wing, um, originally from Gehenna, who I think is still going to go and play at Montverde down in Florida this year. Um, he has the potential to be a very high four-star prospect, depending on how he develops at Montverde. Um, Alonzo Gaffney is a wing from Villa Angela St. Joseph. Or did he transfer? I think he transferred to Cleveland Heights or Cleveland or Garfield Heights, excuse me, um, in Northeast Ohio. Um, who again is has the potential to be a very high four star prospect, and those aren't national superstar kind of guys, but those are very good players from Ohio who they're still recruiting and could end up getting in that 2019 class. But we're talking 18. Um, if it's not Elijah Weaver, who again is that guard from Florida, and if you get him, it means you're beating out like Villanova and Louisville to get him, and that's no small thing. Um, that is as close to like a transcendent kind of player that you're going to get. He's not quite a one and done, but I mean, maybe he could be, um, but he's a top, he's like number 37 in the country. He's one of the best point guards in the country. He is, if you get him, that is a major deal. He is, um, I think if I, if I did it right, he'd be the best on paper recruit they have got since D'Angelo Russell. Let, let me ask a question real quick. Cause I don't know anything about this kid. Mm-hmm. Why would he come here? Good relationships with Holtman and his staff of Butler. It's interesting, like how many, how many good players, who on the surface you would just say there's no way they're going to go to Butler, it's Butler, and that's no not like it's like being real about basketball. They had a, they have a lot of good relationships with really good basketball players, and, and Butler was in the mix for players that probably shouldn't have been in the mix for because these guys are good recruiters. So if I'm an Ohio State fan, that gives me some hope about how they're going to maybe finish out 18 and and, and pursue um, guys in 19. Um, but I think, and it's just a word of warning for 2018. They're going to have a five-man class, and it's very possible that in the end, that's four three-star players and maybe one four-star guy. And more developmental-type players, um, guys who could become the ladies and, and the dealers and all that stuff you we were talking about, but aren't going to be stars the second they set on campus. Um, but I also think the staff likes those guys. I think they are they are big on the player de- player development side of things, and that was a fair criticism, I think, of Thad Mata's staff. And maybe it's more on the assistants than it is the head coach, but they weren't developing players the way they should. And that's, that's you can see that in the roster they have now. Um, some guys didn't never became what they should have become. Um, and that's not the guarantee that Chris Holman's staff's going to do that, but they develop players at a pretty good rate at Butler. And I think they, at least for this 18 class, see a formula where they can get some of those guys and turn them into those type of players eventually down the road. But the 18 class is not going to be star-filled. I think there's one star left out there. It's Weaver. They have a decent shot at getting him, but I wouldn't hold out too much hope. It's going to be more like Watson, who's a three-star. Cohill, who's like a four or three-star. Aaron's is a three-star. Um, some of the guys from Indiana who are four-star prospects, but not top 100 national players. Um, guys like Musa Jallo, who they got in 17 or reclassified, who could be very good. He's going to defend well. He's a great athlete. He needs to work on his game. He needs to develop a little bit. Those are the kind of guys you're going to see in 18, I think, more than any kind of star player. And then 2019, I think, will be the true test of what kind of recruiters these guys are. And to be fair, you know who are some really highly rated recruits that Ohio State did get? Amir Williams, Shannon Scott, Sam Thompson, Mickey Mitchell, Austin Grandstaff, Jaquan Lyle, Daniel Giddens. Mm -hmm. And uh, not so hot. They all play elsewhere. Or not yeah. college. And I don't mean to lump in Thompson and Scott and uh, Amir Williams with the class that bolted before they even did anything. Those guys were successful in a lot of ways um, and stayed here their whole careers. But I think they just the, didn't get over the top. It's not – I mean, mentioning guys like that, and it's not to say those guys were – it's easy to say in hindsight they were reaches because clearly they didn't work out. 
So one thing that Chris Holtman keeps saying is they're not going to reach. Essentially, they're not going to panic. And I don't know if that carries over the 2019 when you lose a guy like Francis, but certainly in 18 and even in 17, I thought they were very practical with who they ended up taking in 2017. You got Kyle Butler, Kyle Young to flip from Butler. You got Musa Jallo. There were some other players out there, guys in high school or, or junior or junior college guys or graduate transfer guys who might have given you a talent boost but maybe weren't the best fits for the program. And I think that – I think you have to live with that, I think, especially as it pertains to 18. Maybe there are some guys who are more talented they could go out and get if they wanted them, but you can bring them into your program and then you can have what happened in 2015. And I don't think anyone wants that to happen. So if that means you got to have three stars, but there are more guys who are fitting with what you're trying to do, I think that's the way you should operate. Anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Is it hard for you to flip back and forth from your football brain to your basketball brain, especially when basketball is out of season? It is now because um, I'm doing more football recruiting stuff now, and I was always really on. It's not. I feel on top of things still, but football recruiting is a beast. And to be on top of that and basketball recruiting with a staff that's brand new and offering like 10 guys a day for on the basketball side of things, it's a lot to keep up on, but I like it. I think it's interesting. Plus, you got a dog. Plus, I have a dog. Yeah. I own a house now. And your dog won't – you said you have to walk the dog because you have a gap in your backyard that the dog – you can't just let the dog out in the backyard. And plus, the dog only wants to poop with you. Yeah. You've got to break that. I'm just that kind of guy. <laughs> My dog – my dog can either poop alone or not poop for a week. I'm nice. not walking it. Anyway, <laughs> that make me sound mean? A little bit. Yeah. 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 I kind of am mean. Um, all right. He's Bill Landis. I'm Doug Maurice. He's your man for basketball recruiting. So this is interesting stuff. There's and a basketball l- in general. And Okay. Just for a quick breakdown again, this is how things are working out. This is between Bill and I as things shift, shifted around a little bit. Bill covers basketball, basketball recruiting, football recruiting, and football. I cover football. <laughs> and Bill walks his dog and I don't. So he's busy and I'm uh, I'm less busy. But I'm old. Um, so you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at BillLandis25 at Doug Lane Maurice. Subscribe to Buckeye Talk, which is usually about football, but we've got to check in on this basketball stuff. But listen, you make sure you are reading Bill about this stuff because they're like – that early signing period in November, like there's a lot that's going to happen in the next couple months. It's going to matter a lot for the future of this basketball program. And I think this Jeremiah Francis thing isn't hundred percent done either. So follow that for the next year. All right. Um, more football coming this week. Uh, check the podcast we just did about over-unders for Ohio State football. We'll have a JT Barrett special podcast coming next week on Buckeye Talk. But for now, he's Bill Landis. I'm Doug Maurice. And that was Buckeye Talk.